happy Monday. It's Monday. It's happy. For most people, we've had a pretty good Monday to um, get started. Is this wood? It's, it's, it's press board. There we go. Yeah, yeah that's wood. There we go. That's I'm wood. Sure, that hurts. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. That's Chris Yao. Get a good look at him. I'm Maurice Patton. I'm here all week. Be sure and tip your waitresses and your bartenders. Um, we got a good show today. It's been a good weekend. It's the start of spring training. Things are going well. Weather's great. It's good. Life is good, man. And it's going to get better as we go through today's show because we will be visiting at the top of the hour, as we almost always do, with Terry McCormick giving us his top of the hour Titans report pre presented by Zen Sports. We will also have in the three o'clock hour Chris Childers, um, host from Sirius XM, talking a little college football, particularly one college football program just a little bit east of here. Not a lot east, just a little east. Right. Yeah. Still within the same grand division. Mm hmm. Yeah. That ought to tip you off a little bit. And um, later in this hour, we are going to visit with Ann Kimmel from the Hockey News and from Locked On Preds podcast because we need to talk about the Preds. A lot has changed since the last time we talked to Ann. The last time we talked to her to now, things have gone pretty well. Things have gone really well. So <laughs> perhaps we just need to keep talking to her and see what happens. Per Either, either we need to keep talking to her or we need to not talk to her again. I guess we'll find out One after today. We'll right? find out. Yeah. Um, also, again, it's Monday. It's the Monday Mirror, and that means Monstars. We will be giving you our top performers from the weekend. And there's a lot that went on this weekend. There's a lot that went on late last week as well that we didn't quite get to. So we've got a lot, a lot to talk about. Some on the court some in the court yeah <laughs> in on yep exactly i like it so um i mean i'm excited this is gonna be this is gonna be one of the best shows that we've had in a while just because we've got a lot of really good stuff to talk about and it's it's not mundane stuff like there are actually like some things that need to mm -hmm. kind of get hashed up yeah and so this is one of those shows where we find that we get to ask some questions and typically not get any answers, but at least we'll, figure we'll make you out. think anyway. If you're watching this show, you're going to be thinking about those questions afterwards. And that, that's, that's one of my favorite shows and one of the, uh, that we do. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one, man. I really am. Absolutely. Um, before we get too far into this show, though, we need to give our watchers slash listeners this weekend's results. I almost said yesterday's results, but yesterday's and Saturday's and Friday's as well. <laughs> and today's schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. Brought to you by our friends at Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. 
Friday's girls basketball, these are, with few exceptions, these are going to be region quarterfinal results. The losers' seasons are over. Um, Beach defeated Overton 72-40. Blackman with a 48-31 win over Stewart's Creek. Christian Academy of Knoxville 46, Providence Christian 42. I think that's a region quarterfinal in D2 as well, actually. Um, let's see. Cannon County 69, Mount Pleasant 13. There we go. Cheatham County 80, Waverly 50, Chester County with a 48-22 win over Fairview. It was Clarksville 78, West Creek 22, Clay County with a 61-28 win over Merrill Hyde. Coffee County defeated Independence 69-43. Houston County eked out a 61-58 win over Corners. Um, Collinwood, excuse me. Houston County 61, Collinwood 58. There we go. Cookville, no problems with Riverdale 67-17. Christ Presbyterian Academy with a 64-36 win over Briarcrest Christian. Creekwood 53, Lexington 34. Dixon County 60, Springfield 53. Eagleville defeated Santa Fe's 57-30. East Robertson with a 65-24 win over Red Boiling Springs. Good Pasture 53, Boyd Buchanan 50. Green Hill with a 35-30 win over Cane Ridge. It was Hendersonville 56, McGavick 22. Henry County Big over Kirkwood 57-17. Hillsborough 57, Gallatin 24. Jackson Southside 71, Montgomery Central 8. Clark Grange with a 71-38 win over Joe Burns. It was Knoxville Catholic 55, Harpeth Hall 37. Stratford with a 65-43 win over Lead Academy. Lebanon 66, Rockvale 39. Lincoln County with a 70-53 win over Brentwood. And that wasn't the only thing that happened to Brentwood girls basketball this weekend. Lawrence County with a 57-52 win at, at Hawkeye at Hawkeye TNT uh, Livingston Academy. Loretto doubled up community 60 to 29 and it was Macon County 73 Maplewood 20. Moore County downs Cullioka 57-24. Stone Memorial 46-40 winners over Murfreesboro Central. Nolansville down Columbia Central 53-47. Oakland with a 59-38 win over Wilson Central. Shelbyville down to Page 34-28, Pearl Cone over Republic, 82-20. It was Pickett County, 95, Knowledge Academy's 16. Portland, 38-12 winners over Lawson. Sounds like a football score. Uh, Richland, 51, Fayetteville, 35. Rossview, 57-35 winners over Clarksville Northwest. Smith County downs Liberty Creek, 58-44. Mount Pisgah Christian and South Haven Christian in uh, the National Christian High School Tournament or whatever. Uh, 74-48, Mount Pisgah Christian. I must think that's in North Carolina. I'm pretty okay. sure of that. Stewart County, 47. Harpeth, 44. Summertown Downs, Grundy County, 76-31. Sycamore, 47. McNary Central, 38. Station Camp, 62. Fowler Collegiate, 36. Webb School Down, Father Ryan, 41-33. It was Westmoreland, 35. Watertown, 25. White House, 45-17. Winners over Hume Fogg. Whites Creek 55, STEM Academy 9, and York Institute 59-18 winners over Wise Heritage. On Saturday, Mount Pisgah Christian beat Franklin Road Christian 57-37. Boys basketball on Saturday. Again, these are region quarterfinals. Beach with a 51-48 win over Cane Ridge. Blackman defeated Wilson Central 59-25. Brentwood with a 62-39 win over Warren County. Camden Central 60, Cheatham County 49. 
Chester County with a 68-51 win over Montgomery Central. Brentwood Academy defeated Christian Brothers 57-45. Franklin goes to Coffee County, picks up a 61-51 win. Columbia Central in double overtime holds off Ravenwood 69-67. Cookville with a 72-52 win over Rockvale. It was Creekwood 61, Lexington 47. Creekwood 61, Lexington 47. There we go. Um, Eagleville 83, Kalioka 50, East Nashville down, STEM Academy 69-29. Red Boiling Springs with a 71-54 win over East Robertson. Evangelical Christian 72, Good Pasture 50. First Assembly Christian School of Cordova 53, Columbia Academy 52. Tough loss. Fairview 65, Jackson Northside 56. Hillsboro Downs, Gallatin, 69-44. Gordonsville with a 70-43 win over Merrill Hyde. It was Green Hill, 59. Antioch, 47. Mount Pleasant. I told you somebody was going to be mad. Well, that somebody is Grundy County because the Tigers went on the road to Tracy City and picked up a 68-52 victory. Stay alive. Hendersonville 53, Overton 38, Houston County 65, Perry County 43, Hume Fogg with a 66-31 win over Greenbrier, and it was Huntington 68, Harpeth 62. Independence down Lincoln County 68-27, and to get to 68 points after that first quarter is pretty impressive, right? Because it was what six to five, something like that, at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> So there you go. Jackson Southside, 77-36 winners over Sycamore. It was Joe Burns, 75, I'm sorry, 74. Clay County, 58. Clarksville down to Kenwood, 67-45. Dixon County into Kirkwood season, 70-57. to It was Laverne, 78. Oakland, 48. Lawrence County with a 50-40 win over White County. Portland down Lawson, 53-44. It was Lead Academy, 81. Kip Nashville, 74. Loretto downs Cascade, 65-42. Stone Memorial, Al Murfreesboro Central Magnet, 60-53. Meanwhile, Pearl Cone was a 64-25 winner over Stratford. 53 Knowledge Academy's 43. Pope Prep, 54-43 winners over Baylor, and they struggled to cut down the net. The scissors were not sharp enough. <laughs> Oops. So, yeah, it was. that's an interesting video. You should go look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Providence Christian 68-57 winners over Trinity Christian. Richland Downs Moore County 63-33. Rossview scored 63 as well, but a little closer was Northwest at 59. Santa Fe Downs Huntland 63-51. Siegel 66-11-51. Station Camp 93-65 winners over Glencliff. Summertown Edges Community 76-72. Springfield Edging West Creek 57-56. Smith County 57-40 winners over Westmoreland. White House falls to Martin Luther King 78-59. White House Heritage 63-40. Winners over Monterey and Liberty Creek 43, York Institute 37. Men's basketball action on Saturday. Vanderbilt falls at Florida 77-64. Tennessee State with a 76-71 win over Southern Illinois Edwardsville. Lipscomb downs Austin P 90-85. It was Belmont 93, Missouri State 78. Sorry, Heather. Um, Middle Tennessee State. How about that? 100 miles of hate. Go Blue, 74-72, the Blue Raiders over the Hilltoppers. Tennessee exacting a little revenge for that little hiccup, that, that little situation that took place out in College Station a couple of weeks ago. 86-51, the Vols over the Aggies there. 
Georgetown College 101, Cumberland 56, UT Southern 53, Blue Mountain 51, Rust with a 71-70 win over Fisk down in Holly Springs, and Cedarville defeats Trevecca 85-76 in women's basketball action. Completing the sweep, the Lady Raiders 59, Western Kentucky 41 in Bowling Green. Tennessee State with a 75-65 win over SIUE. Another sweep there for the Lady Tigers and Tigers. Tuna 59, Austin P 58. Lipscomb with a 65-59 win over Central Arkansas. Georgetown 73, Cumberland 59. Blue Mountain with an 81-70 win over UT Southern. Rusk, Rust with a T. Rust 68, Fisk 59. And Trevecca, 106, suitable 66. On Sunday, LSU pulled away late from Tennessee for a 75-60 win against the Lady Vols. Vanderbilt downs Arkansas 62-53. Belmont. That's 20 wins for Vanderbilt. That was big for them. Belmont 76, Murray State 63 on the ice on Saturday, NHL. Preds 4, Sharks 2. Give me the same score on Sunday as well over the Ducks. And in NBA action, the Clippers, in their last game before they announced their new digs, 101-95. New, new digs and new togs. Yeah, they get everything. Yeah. Uh, 101-95 winners over the Grizzlies. And on Sunday in MLS play, Nashville and New York, the Red Bulls played to a nil-nil draw. Man. All this soccer terminology there. Girls basketball action tonight. These are region semifinal matchups. Again, this this night and tomorrow night, I think are the toughest two nights in the high school basketball season because you win here, you're going to the region finals, you're going to sectionals, you lose here, you're done. Yep. This so, this is the this is the tough one. Yeah, so condolences in advance <laughs> to half of the teams that we're getting ready to mention right here. Uh, Summertown plays Cannon County at 6 down in Loretto, Dixon County, and Clarksville. These are all 6 o'clock starts at the moment. Again, Dixon County and Clarksville, Oakland and Cookville. Stratford plays East Nashville, Beach and Hillsboro. Houston County plays McEwen, Chester County, and Sycamore. Um, Station Camp and White House. 7.30 games, Lebanon and Blackman. Stewart County and Cheatham County. Clay County and East Robertson. Green Hill and Hendersonville. Rossview and Henry County, Creekwood and Jackson Southside, Upperman and Lawrence County. That game is in Tullahoma. Mm -hmm. Cascade plays at Loretto at 7.30 against the Lady Mustangs. It's Portland and Macon County, Lincoln County and Nolansville. That game is at Centennial. Mm -hmm. um, Whites Creek and Pearl Cone. Eagleville plays host Richland at 7.30. Actually, I'll be at that. Uh, and Smith County plays Westmoreland at 7 o'clock. Those are all girls basketball region, regional semifinals. And in the association, it's the Nets with interim coach Kevin Ollie coming to the FedEx Forum, taking on the Grizzlies. That's a 7 o'clock tip, and it can be seen on Bally Sports. That is your rundown. Today's top story brought to you as always by Piggly Wiggly in Neely's Mill here in Columbia. Be sure and get through there for your 
delicious daily deli lunch options as well as hand cut meats as you specify. And everything is cost plus 10% at the register. So again, Piggly Wiggly, Piggly Wiggly, there we go. Neely's Mill in Columbia. Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly, the big pig. <laughs> That's right. Bringing you our top story. And I did not see it, but I did see Yao's text about it. And I later saw the replay. <laughs> Heck of a finish in Atlanta last night. I don't know if I've ever seen one quite like that. I a mean, three I, wide photo finish. I've seen two, and I, and I've seen three, but never that close. I mean, that was absurd. It, that was the personification of photo finish. Oh yeah, right they, there. They, I mean, two weeks in a row we've had to use an actual photo, you know, to to determine the winner, but. Last week was a little bit different. This one was racing to the line and just a fantastic race. The, the entire third stage mode was just, it was pure chaos. And so, you know, I'm in. <laughs> but someone tweeted and said, you know, I, I legitimately want to know what is the, you know, what's the draw to watching NASCAR? Do you root for a driver? Do you root for... Uh, you know, uh, what, what, why, what are you watching and, for. and, and rooting for? And mm -hmm. me, I said, I'm just rooting for exciting racing. And Atlanta gives, has given us that since the repaving every single time. There's a lot of bunched up cars. Now, again, they wrecked on lap two. Lap two. There was like a 17 car wreck. So you wiped out half the field two laps into. Oh, no. Involved in that wreck? was one Daniel Suarez, who won the race. Okay. So I'm telling you, you just never know, because again, they had a little time to fix it. it didn't, he, he didn't get a lot of damage, but he was involved in the accident. And so... So did they just send everybody to the pits, or...? No, no, I mean, you, you so essentially... So how did he make up? Essentially, yeah, he, he didn't have a whole lot of damage, so he didn't have it. So, when the red flag it, obviously nobody can lap you. And then, when you get to pit road, you have some time to fix it, you, you know. So, he might, I think he was down like two laps. And then, at every caution, the car, the first car that's a lap down, gets a free pass to get back on the lead lap. Oh, wow. So, they had like nine cautions. So nine different drivers at some point got the lucky dog free pass. And so eventually a lot more cars were on the lead lap than probably should have been. been. Yeah, there, I think there were five or six cars that were not involved in any crashes the entire race. One of them was Josh Berry, by the way. Hendersonville's own. And, and so he, he, he was at one time, he was like in... Like 20th or 21st place and was struggling and then I look up with 10 laps to go he's in the top 10 I said let's go come on so he, he was and Bubba the same way Bubba was hovering 15 16 17 and then out of nowhere he's in fifth but it's because they're all they're all like they were three four wide so everybody was within five seconds of each other they just happened to be in 18th place but they were on the fourth row <laughs> It was crazy. Yeah, I was listening to um, Steve Lehman 
on mm -hmm. News Channel 5, as I'm wont to do on Sunday nights. And he said, rarely do you see four wide, but whenever you do, this is typically the result. And then he showed somebody, <laughs> yeah, somebody getting spun and all hell breaking loose. Yeah. yeah. So. Four wide gets little, there was a four wide point, Austin Cendrick in the two car was, he decided to make it four wide for the lead and then just left everybody. So it was like, just for a second, they were four wide because he just passed. <laughs> he was like, ah, I ain't got time, ain't time for this. this. Let's just go. Yeah. So he did that for, it was, it was such a great race. The entire third stage was fantastic. If you don't like Atlanta, you're wrong. <laughs> it's not them. It's you. Exactly. So. Um, our other top story. ACC behaving badly? Mm, maybe. Look, this is this this is goes far beyond the ACC. This goes back to heck, Jermaine Burton in Tennessee. But court storming, field storming, is it getting out of hand? You you would like to think it's not, particularly with the penalties that are typically levied for it. But yet, you still continue to see it. And we saw it this weekend, what, at Duke? Uh, no, it was at Wake. At Wake. It was at Wake. It Wake, was at Wake. Wake storms the court. Uh, a Duke player and a fan were involved in a collision. Collision. It was much like the Caitlin Clark Ohio State collision in that maybe, maybe not the player initiated the contact. <laughs> Nonetheless, Duke players injured, carried off the court. Which then, of course, led everyone to start talking because a Duke player got injured. So mm. we, we've got to fix this today. Today. But I'll be honest with you. I. I've heard some I've heard some things that I like as for I guess tempering the issues that may surround it mm -hmm. such as a 30 second shot clock to let everyone get off the court and then as soon as that 30 seconds ends fans can storm if they'd like and I know that that kind of takes some of the anticipation. It takes some of the, away. it takes some of the anticipation, takes some of the spontaneity. It does out of it, but it keeps people safe. And I think that's or the safer most important part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can still celebrate with you, you know. And and to me, it's kind of like a little bit more of anticipation because you're like kind of holding back, holding mm -hmm. back, holding back. Huh? Go, you know. And so maybe there's, I don't know. I think that's that's a good idea. Whether it could be, whether it could work or, or be implemented, I don't know. But I do love court storming, field storming. I think it is inherently part of the college basketball game. Less so to football, mm -hmm. but basketball, that's it just, it, to me, some of the greatest photos in the history of college basketball that I've seen are, you know, after upsets like that where the court is full of fans and players. So, I don't know. 
It's an, it, it is a, it's a really interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. I just love that today after a Duke player is injured that we have to fix it. Well, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of when Buster Posey got his ankle broke and all of a sudden we had to do something about collisions at home plate. I mean, certain things and certain people just kind of create that urgency to certain situations. Right. We will see what comes out of the ACC and out of college basketball as a result of this. Um, when we come back to the Lee Company studio here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, we will be joined by Ann Kimmel of the Hockey News and of Locked On Preds to talk about these locked in Preds. Stay with us when we come back. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, 
is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the pig. We thrive under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Welcome back to the Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. That's Chris Yao. I'm Maurice Patton. Scheduling note, Chris Childers won't be with us after all in the second hour. Has a family emergency that he's tending to. Hope everything is okay there. But um, we will be going with one guest. But I'll tell you what, if we could only have one guest, we got a good one. Ann Kimmel of the Hockey News and with Locked On Preds podcast joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Talk a little hockey. Let's let's do that hockey. Right? <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Ann, good afternoon. How are you gentlemen? Well, we, we are doing well. Not as well as the Predators, but we're doing well. And <laughs> yeah. we, are, we, we are taking credit, Ann, for having you on the show because it seems like some of that talk that we talked the last time we visited with you, maybe they heard it. I don't know. Have they lost since? No. I don't think they've lost since you were on with us. Yeah, I think it was just I came on and used my mom voice and was like, look, gentlemen, this is, this is what needs to happen. Don't make me come back and say it again. I'm going to take credit for that, although I think there are probably a lot more important factors than that. But I like where you're thinking. Uh, we're going to let you take credit for it. We're going to give you credit for it. Yeah. What are they on? A five game win streak? Yeah. Five game non loss streak? What? Yeah. They just won their fifth game in a row. And it's a franchise record. They won all five of their road games, set a new franchise record for a five game road road win streak so things have turned around since this dramatic horrible loss to the dallas stars that we talked about last time i was here you know it's it's crazy because i certainly thought you know after that friday practice and i said that st louis was excited to hear how tough <laughs> that practice was on friday and they just went over there and whipped their tails and haven't lost it i Literally, think they kind of took some frustration out on st louis it was it was one of those uh, you know kind of miracle on ice type practices where they just you know hey it's either let's beat up on them or we get beat up on so might as well be the other team. And certainly, you know, good things typically happen when folks come on this show. There we go. And no difference here. Five in a row is just not what we expected to see. But well, not, not just five in a row, but check this out. So they won 5-2 at St. Louis. Right. They won 5-3 at Vegas. Mm-hmm. 
They beat they beat LA four one. That's right. They beat the Sharks four two, and they beat the Ducks last night four two. So, little quick math. They scored four goals or more in each of these five wins, which is huge. You score four, unless you're giving up nine, you're going to give yourself a pretty good chance. Yeah, and it, the big key, I think, over this five-game road trip, I think you hit the nail on the head, is the scoring. And it's been really great because it's not just come from that top line that's been carrying this National Predators team for so much of the season. They've gotten depth scoring they've had over this five-game road stretch. They have had 15 goal scorers on this roster. And they've had five players that have had two or more goals in these five games. So I think that's one of the biggest differences is that all of the sudden you've got four lines that Andrew Brunette is comfortable putting out on the ice. And you can have an expectation of these guys are going to generate some offensive chances. And conversely, while we were talking about UC and what how much more time he had here. You know, the, the Preds have only given up. They've held opponents to two goals or less in three of those, in four of those five wins. So, yeah. I mean, when you can score and you don't give up goals, it's typically, it's typically a pretty good recipe, right? I mean, I don't know a whole lot about hockey, but I think that typically works. That's good hockey math right there. And Yusni Saros was great. He played three of these five games. Over the course of the season, he's had a 9.04 save percentage, which is the worst of his career. In these three games, he's got a 9.43 save percentage. He's allowed, you know, 1.67 goals against in this, you know, this stretch of hockey, these last three games. And Kevin Lankin in the backup has also been great. I mean, he got the start against the Vegas Golden Knights, which is a huge challenge for any goaltender. And he played really, really well. So I think goaltending has been huge. If you can keep UC Soros playing at this level, it's going to be a very interesting end of the season for this Nashville Predators team. Well, and, and to that point, uh, Willie Donick and the crew on Bally Sports had something about that last night in talking about UC stretch runs to the end where he's been phenomenal. In 1920, down the stretch, he was 12-5 and five with a 2-1-3 goals against. Uh, and 21, he was 18-6-1. and one. Last season, he was 13-7-2 and two with a 2-4-7, but had a 92% save rate. So, you know, and, and I think you talked about this, how he has, he's always started slow, but once he gets going, it's, he's, he's as good as anybody in the game. And this is where UC Soros tends to have his best hockey is toward the end of the year. It just feels like this is kind of shaping up to be that again. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, when you look back at those statistics, you look at last season, how well he performed, and he performed that well with kind of a piece together team in front of him. You had so many of the veterans out of the lineup last year. You had these young guys getting their first chunks of NHL experience, and that's how well UC Saros did. If he can kind of repeat and duplicate that performance now, the stretch for this team You've now got younger players with more experience. You've got veterans who are still healthy at this point in the season. I'm telling you, this is going to be a really interesting race to the finish and potentially the playoffs for the Predators if they can keep all of these pieces kind of going together. No, I absolutely agree. I think this is this 
to me, always feels like, you know, again, this part of the year, these veterans that are on the team, they just they, they seem to find a way to get these young guys to play well, and they, or at least they have over the last couple of years. Well, I mean, is that just Philip Forsberg being Philip Forsberg and, you know, the captains of this team stepping up alongside? I think that's a lot of it. I think they've – they're you know, with the whole Dallas loss, you know, I don't – they were supposed to go see you two in concert in Las Vegas, and that whole plan got canceled. Like they canceled that trip after the Dallas loss. Ain't nobody going to Vegas early. And I think part of that was just a tone set by the leaders in the locker room. Now, I do think Barry Trotz definitely made that final decision for the team, but I think that the veterans understood look, this is the standard and we've got to enforce it because whatever standard you set in these first couple of years of Barry Trotz's tenure, especially with these young players, that's going to be the standard going forward. And I think the leaders understand that. And I think when you have somebody like Ryan O'Reilly and Ryan McDonough, who have made it all the way through the playoffs to Stanley Cup finals, they can really look at these young players and say, look, if you think it's tough, you know, leading up to now, now is where you really have to dig in. And I think kind of having that veteran experience has been so valuable to these young players. Ann Kimmel of the Hockey News and of Locked On Preds podcast joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. And um, again, Preds coming home after a five game road win streak and they've got the Senators of Ottawa tomorrow night, followed by the Wild of Minnesota on Thursday. And, you know, the only thing better than five straight is six straight, right? I mean, you get greedy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And these are games coming up that I think could be challenging for Nashville. Ottawa beat the Predators earlier in the season. While they're not super high up in the rankings and their record doesn't reflect it, they've got a lot of talent on their roster. So I think this is going to be a good game for the Predators to get back home where they have not had a ton of success necessarily this season like they have on the road and see if they can kind of continue what they've built through these five games. And like you said, let's get that sixth game. And then you have Minnesota coming in. You've got former head coach John Hines. You've got this Central Division rival. Now that's a game you can kind of get amped up for. And then over the weekend, they're facing the Colorado Avalanche. What you know, when do you not want to beat the Colorado Avalanche? So I think there's potential if they can keep executing well, there's p potential to really build on this momentum, but they're going to have to be able to replicate it at home, which has been a challenge for this team for some reason. And that is an interesting challenge because again, that's where you're supposed to be good, right? What, what has, yeah. what do you, what do, you, what do you feel like, what, what do they feel like has been the issue at home? You know, I think it's, it's kind of this great mystery in a lot of ways. I think Andrew Brunette has kind of speculated that maybe the team isn't as focused when they're at home. Maybe that's been an element of it. They're a little bit more relaxed environment. There's, of course, distractions going on. I don't know how much of that I buy into 
but maybe there's something to it. I think part of it too is just timing. I think the Predators had a long home stretch where the team wasn't clicking, where they didn't have consistent lines, where UC Saros was still kind of up and down. And so some of those losses, I think, could have just as easily been road losses had the schedule not been so home game heavy. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can get back in the win column at home. I know the crowd is desperate to see some wins at home, you know, especially after that home loss against Dallas. Like the Predators crowd is hungry to see some wins on home ice. And this gives the Predators, they've got five home games. This is a great chance to build that momentum here, too. I have a question. Okay. <clears throat> Has anybody ever scored three empty net goals in like one road trip? Because before this weekend, that's that's insane. One guy scored three empty netters. <laughs> right place, right time, right? It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know what's funny is as I was watching the third one last night, I was like, and yet I've never seen him try this in practice. Like, when is he getting so good at this? But yeah, Gus Nyquist <laughs> is like your insurance salesman. He's there. You know, you need a little insurance. Gus Nyquist says, just give me the puck. Doesn't matter what zone it's in. Doesn't matter how I get it. I'll just go ahead and score a goal. But I've never seen him sit and practice those, you know, so maybe it's just a natural talent. But, you know, when the Predators need something done, you want a veteran like Gus Nyquist to come along and say, all right, I'll take care of this. Put the puck on the goal and good things happen, right? That's it. It's, I yep. mean, it, it, the more you shoot it, the better chance you got of getting one to go. Yeah, yeah. High-volume shooters. Absolutely. Um, Ann Kimmel joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid... No. Nope. Presented by, <laughs> presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. Ann, thank you so much for spending some time with us on this Monday afternoon, and wow. let's hope... Let's hope you don't have to go back there. I know, I know. It's only up from here, right? Like, we're good luck now. That's yep. right. Uh, Locked on Preds podcast drops tomorrow? Is yes. That... Yep, right. we so have them sure. Monday through Friday, so you can check them out any day of the week. It'll be there. Awesome. I like it. I like it. Looking forward to it. Hey, thank you for taking some time with us. Yep, love talking with you guys. Thank you. Hey, when we come back here on Main Street Sports Today, again, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance <laughs> of Columbia, I don't think I've gotten through an entire show yet. It's, it's tough. It I is. mean, it's been It's muscle a long memory, time. man. We've been doing it for a long time. A long time. Yeah. But, um, yeah. When we come back, it's Monstars, our top performers from the weekend. Stay with us here in the Lee Company studios. We will be right back. Live under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. 
where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Welcome back to the Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by the Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Chris Yao. And um, it is time for Monstars. Hit it, Mark. Our top performers from the weekend. Yeah, lead it off. We know last week I gave the shout out to the the Montana State girl <laughs> who had the quadruple double. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh -oh. Uh -oh. hang on. Uh, I know where you're going. Because the only thing better than a quadruple double <laughs> is a quintuple double. <laughs> and Kiana Christmas <laughs> had a Merry Christmas for Fonda Fultonville of Fonda, New York, where she had 11. Now, is that a high school or yes, a college? Yes, this is a high school. Okay. This is, this is from Max Preps. Okay. So, uh, yeah. 11 points, 20 boards, 11 assists, 10 steals, and 10 blocks for Kiana Christmas. She slept well. Man, that's a crazy, I thought, what? That is. <laughs> that can't be real. That's pretty wild. And yet it is. Mm -hmm. So, gotta give, gotta give props to, to Miss Christmas. Miss Christmas. So. Um, she delivered. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. You know, I like to go from preps to pros in this segment. We got preps out of the way. You've you got preps out of the way. Um, I'm going to get this out of the way because I'm afraid if I don't, you will. Tennessee Lady Vols outfielder Kiki Malloy became the program's all-time home run leader over the weekend. She hit one on Saturday against Lincoln Memorial. I'm sorry, Loyola Marymount, another LMU. Mm -hmm. but, um, that gave her the all-time record breaking the record previously set by Megan Gregg because if you break a record you need to say whose record they broke. Um, then she hit another one um, against Oregon State so she has 59 home runs in her Lady Vol career. She is the leader in home runs because chicks do dig the long ball. They do indeed. Man, I'm, I'm frustrated with Lady Ball softball right now. In February? Yeah. It doesn't matter. You can't. Yeah. It, it, the other good teams aren't losing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the problem. I'm frustrated because, you know, they split on Saturday and they split yesterday, right? But they. I, I mean it. Two runs against Fullerton, two runs yesterday. Just, it just, this is supposed to be a vaunted offense, an offense that no one can shut down. And yet, they are struggling to hit the softball right now. And, and I know it, it's early, whatever, mm -hmm. but you still got to perform throughout the year, and they're not doing it right now. I did not notice. Um, how much is Laura Mueller playing? She's pinch running. Yeah, it's, it's anyway. Hmm. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Your turn. <coughs> Struggling right now. Your turn. All right, Arkansas <laughs> hoops. Big win over Missouri at home. Eighty-eight seventy-three. Hold up. How big a win can it be if it's Missouri? <coughs> Arkansas needs all the wins it can get. Well, that's that is true. Okay, go ahead. Khalif Battle, the 6'5 senior for the Hogs, goes for 42 points and eight boards. To, sorry, six boards to lead oh. the Razorbacks in that one. Which, and I got to give a, a little shout out to Sean East II of Missouri, who had 33 in the, in the game. So between wow. the two, they had 75, and that's pretty darn good. That's not bad. That's not bad. Okay. Um, I'll see your 42. <laughs> Goodness. 
You gonna live? I might. I'm gonna take a drink here. Take a drink. Take a drink. Might feel better after that. All right. Um, I'm gonna see your 42. And there is your 43. Oh. Stop me if you heard this before. Alden Slaughter, 43 points in Santa Fe, 63-51 win Saturday night over Huntland. I considered actually stopping you in the middle of that, but I just kind of let it go. <laughs> that never happens here, right? <laughs> Austin Slaughter scoring, Alden Slaughter scoring 43. Yeah, he's, kid's unreal, man. Averaging 34.3 a game. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing is, that just tells me exactly what I needed to know about where he stands health-wise. And that's not good for the rest of this region. They play, who do they have tomorrow? <clears throat> I should know, I don't know. But they play their region semifinal down at Richland tomorrow night. And if they win that, and if the host Raiders win that, then they will play for the region championship on Thursday night. They got your boy. Who that? Fedville. Oh, Chris Murdoch in the house. Somebody, one of our friends is gonna end their season tomorrow yeah. night. That's unfortunate yeah, for that, both of them. That is tough. Um, but um, again, with wins tomorrow night by both Richland and Santa Fe, there will be a 31 South trip in order on Thursday, I do believe. So. Hey, you'll take that. Yeah, yeah, so, all right. Um, you're number three. Let's go with, you know, I got, I got two options here. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm gonna go, and I've, I've, both of them have, have gotten this award for me <laughs> before, but Let's go Juju Watkins, who's had a heck of a year for USC. Mm. Uh, freshman, probably as, uh, definitely going to be freshman All-American. Could Possibly push for. Of the year. I mean, I yeah, don't know who else is year. in the conversation. Uh, but they lose. I, oh, I, I know who else is in the conversation. Is it Full Wiley mm -hmm. at South Carolina? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Juju had 30 and seven for USC, although they lost to Utah as- Well, that's because, what did Peely have? 23 and nine. <laughs> so, and again, I mean, just a heck of a game though. That, that, that one was a lot of fun to watch. Utah uh, got out early in the first quarter and then the rest of the way, it was pretty much even. Uh, but mm. always fun, I man. Utah and USC right now are as good as it gets on the West Coast. Yeah, it's gonna be a shame when USC goes to the Big Ten, huh? And Utah's in the Big 12? Mm. <clears throat> anyway, my number three, as we said, preps to pros. Joe Willis, hmm. 180 minutes, two clean sheets this season for the Nashville Soccer Club. Followed up his three nothing shutout victory over Mocha in the CONCACAF Champions Cup with a scoreless draw in NSC's MLS opener yesterday against the Red Bulls of New York. So, had four saves in that one. Joe Willis yet to give up a goal in 2024. Let's see how long he can continue that for 
the boys in blue and gold. There you go. <clears throat> Any honorable mentions? Yes. How about, did, did you remember when I had Drake, uh, I was watching Drake and Belmont women and they had the, like, was it Dem Where's the, where where's Drake Des Moines? Des Moines. Mm -hmm. They had Des, Des Moines jerseys with like the, oh, wow. the bottom of it kind of looked like the Denver Nuggets oh, with the with city the skyline. Skate. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And but anyway, I didn't realize that Drake it, Belmont should have won the game. Belmont should have beaten Drake okay. on the road. Mm -hmm. Drake is fifteen and one in conference play, twenty two and five overall. TIO. Today I learned. Anna Miller of the Lady Bulldogs <clears throat> helped her team keep winning 78 to 76. I'm sorry, 79-77, the final score. She had 21 points and 19 boards. Oh. And the foul, they were up three, and the foul to make sure the other team couldn't shoot a three to tie. <laughs> She was able to Bas successfully get the basketball IQ the there. basketball <laughs> IQ, yep. So, yeah, absolutely. There are good files. Th there are, and that was one of them. Tessa yeah. Miller had 25, by the way, for Belmont in their win. So They're 13-3, um, and three, by the way. So Drake and Belmont women, that's going to be a fun finish. On a collision course in the Valley Finals. For huh? Arch Madness, I guess. Yeah. Is that also Arch Madness? I think I they play it in St. Louis. It's too. all in St. Louis? I think so. That's pretty cool. Um, anyway. Gotta give some love to Summit Senior Jarvis Little. How about him? Um, already possessing two state championships. <clears throat> All he did was pin his way through the state tournament this weekend. Four pins to win his third state championship this year at 132. So congratulations to Jarvis Little, one of our Monstar honorable mentions just because we couldn't quite fit him into three. Yeah. But great weekend for him. Well, no, used to we had three people doing this, so we had Yeah, we, we had a little so bit. So maybe we just, you know, yeah. we got to give out some love to little extras. Yeah. <clears throat> um, we are approaching the top of the hour. We're almost at the top of the hour, so it's almost time for Terry's Top of the Hour Titans Report presented by Zen Sports. So let's go ahead and get to that break here from the Lee Company Studios on Main Street Sports Today presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. We'll be right back. Welcome to Protein Snack Shop, your destination for healthy and delicious low-carb snacks. Our specialty lies in providing protein-packed desserts that are perfect for those following a keto diet. Our products are made with high-quality ingredients, ensuring that you can satisfy your cravings without compromising your health goals. From a variety of flavors and options to choose from, you can enjoy guilt-free snacking while staying on track with your fitness journey. Don't miss out on our limited-time offer. Discover Protein Snack Shop today. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. 
Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. And it is now time for the top of the hour Titans report with Titan insider Terry McCormick. Like the new intro, pretty cool. It's Music. not new. You just hadn't heard it. Yeah, Terry. Good afternoon. Yeah. How are you guys? I'm it doing well. Sports sponsored as always by Zen Sports, and this time tomorrow I will be at the combine talking to you guys. So 
everybody from Titan Central getting ready to head up there and uh, start evaluating players. And that's also the informal start of free agency where uh, teams tamper, shall we say. Is that too strong of a word uh, with uh, players that they may want to uh, have on their roster for the coming year? And the Titans certainly have are in good position there. They got $90 million, according to the latest uh, findings by the NFLPA. That is number one in the league. So uh, a chance to uh, get well in, in certain aspects, perhaps. Don't spend it all in one place, right? Exactly. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, number one in cap space. I mean, that's, that's got to be pretty promising. <laughs> Obviously, it, it comes down to where you put it. But still, that's that's a nice number, especially the one. It is. And I think that, you know, given the, the wide receivers that are out there on the market, uh, now some of those, T. Higgins has already been franchised and a couple of others like Michael Pittman uh, possibly could be. But there will still be some good receivers out there on the market to uh, bring in. And I think it's easier to fill – a hole at wide receiver in free agency than it is to fill a left tackle hole in free agency. Now that said, there are going to be some good centers out there, or at least some serviceable centers. In fact, one, uh, a guy named Nick Harris, who previously played for the Cleveland Browns and was their starter at center until he got hurt and then lost the job to the guy that came in and took his place. So Bill Callahan would know him well. So I would look for him to possibly be somebody that's on their radar in terms of filling that spot in the middle. Certainly offensive line is some place that the Titans have to pay some attention to both um, in the draft and in free agency. I mean, that's kind of um, public enemy number one with this franchise at this point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty well known. I don't think it's any secret that these guys are going to be looking for help at receiver, looking for help at wide receiver. And then over on the defensive side of the ball, they've got to have some help in the secondary, and they've got to do something to uh, figure out the inside linebacker position. Now, those probably won't be expensive guys at safety and linebacker, but uh, you got to have somebody there, and they've got cap space to go out and find what it is that they might want there. There's a safety available. There is one available, possibly. One pretty familiar with this territory, with this team and franchise. Of course, he's not been great in the last 17 games or 18 games <coughs> or whatever, but Kevin Byard is available. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. He's still the mayor, right? He is still the mayor, I would think, of Murfreesboro. You know, the thing of it is, you know, was it just me or he didn't look comfortable in Philadelphia? He just did not look like he was the right fit for what they wanted to do on, you know, on defense there. And then after they got to be about 10 and two, after the 49ers just dismantled them, they just kind of mm -hmm. came unraveled. And, you know, I'm sure that there's some people up there would like to blame Byard for some of that because he, he came in around the time that things started to get sideways. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's no denying. I, I don't mean, I think he's lost a step. I don't think he's the same player that he was two to three years ago. But, uh, you know, he's probably, you know, the Titans are probably ready to turn the page. They already have done that, obviously, uh, by trading him away. But, uh, you know, 
it'll be interesting to see what happens with Bayard, uh, you know, this offseason and see what see where he winds up. One of the things about the NFL salary cap, Terry, going up a little higher than expected is while it sounds great for the Titans and 90 million is a great number, the unfortunate part is that everybody else's cap also got raised and some of those players that they may not have been able to hmm. afford it at, at 245, they can afford at 254. No, you're exactly right. And that's something that... Uh, you know, is the flip side of, of this whole thing of the Titans having a lot of cap money to spend. There may be a player or two that they had on their radar that could end up either A, getting franchised, or B, just being held on to or restructured or whatever that was going to be cut. So it does cut into the market a little bit in terms of what's available and what's going to be out there uh, here in the next few weeks once free agency begins on the 13th of March. Still, though, I mean, you got to – you're more excited about the increase for yourself than how it's going to impact other folks. And just sure. that extra wiggle room for you financially, I think is probably going to be something that pays off. When you've got as many holes to fill as the Titans have, the more money, the better. You, you may not necessarily be trying to fill them with Justin Jefferson's. You're, you're trying to get quantity over quality right now and hope that and hope for the best ideally high quality quantity if you can yeah, yeah obviously that's ideal <laughs> yeah. but you know that's the smart move a lot of times in free agency is to find the guy that's coming off of his first contract that is headed for a second contract that's still young that's still 25 26 years old that type of guy who still has some upside whose team is kind of maybe in cap jail and couldn't afford him and, and that sort of thing. I mean, a guy that uh, kind of strikes me as that is Gabe Davis of Buffalo. Uh, you know, deep threat wide receiver. He's 25 years old, I believe. He's averaged like almost 17 yards a catch in his NFL career. That's a guy that, I, you know, if I'm Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan, if he's a fit, I maybe take a flyer on him because you know the track record. You know he's been a productive guy. But uh, for whatever reason, he's not being extended because the bills are kind of in cap jail. So there's a weapon that you could get that's used to having a strong arm quarterback throw him the football 40 yards down the field. So, you know, why wouldn't that be a fit? With receivers, though, Terry, don't you have to be a little careful with guys who aren't necessarily wide receiver one on their current roster trying to bring them in to be wide receiver one here just from the standpoint that that transition often doesn't work oh absolutely i mean you, you can go all the way back to when alvin harper was the number two for the dallas cowboys and michael Irvin was the number one and and there were people who couldn't couldn't wait to get uh you know, a look at Alvin Harper as a possibility as a number one receiver. He went to the Washington Redskins and uh, it didn't work out because uh, he had been kind of riding the coattails of uh, Michael Irvin during his time in Dallas. And, you know, it was a lesson learned. So, yes, you do have to kind of be in a situation where you've got to be able to, uh, you know, discern between who can truly be a number one and who's a complimentary piece and try not to overpay in the, in the process.
Let's talk about Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee that's bringing sports betting to a whole new level, literally with their new boosted same-game parlays. When you sign up for Zen Sports, you'll automatically earn up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. If your first bet loses, you'll be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000. And now Zen Sports is offering 10 Boosted same-game parlays for NBA and NHL every single day. That's 10 bets, each with a 10% boost, and you can bet on every single one of them. And there's even more good news. Zen Sports offers a -a one-of-a-kind VIP rewards program. If you qualify, you'll earn monthly comps at sporting events, concerts, you name it, even sportsbook bonuses. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel that your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. So what are you waiting for? The daily same-game parlay boosts go quick, so get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. No danger of first wager. Limited to plus 500 odds to qualify. Boosted odds are derived from equivalent parlay bets offered in Tennessee. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Live under the lights. A city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. 
Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Welcome back to the Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, as we are here in the Lee Company studios, and it is so much fun. Happy Monday. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely Monday. The, the um, knocking on the wood did not help. It, none, none, and, and I'm not getting hard too. My knuckles hurt. <laughs> um, Want to thank Terry for the top of the hour Titans report, and sorry that ended so abruptly. But um, we're back, hopefully, for the next 42 minutes. Yeah, he's going to talk with Callahan and Carthen tomorrow morning at the Combine, so we'll get a report from what they had to say. And, of course, you can always go to TitanInsider.com for full coverage of Titans from Main Street Media. Should be some good stuff from Terry with boots on the ground in Indy for the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, for sure. Chris. Yes. Is the NCAA on life support? Life support. You know, how many times have we said that? But No, it, I, it's, it seems to be creeping ever closer. I, I think yes. And here's why. I, the reason that I think the NCAA has reason to worry this time more than it has in the past is because the SEC and the Big Ten are already trying to figure out what we're going to do to get away from these crazy people. And here's the problem. This is not, again, the NCAA is not an organization per se. It is, a, it is an agreement among the collegiate schools to create the organization. And... For whatever reason, 
And perhaps if, perhaps when the SEC and the Big Ten are done, we're going to know the reason. But the NCAA has sort of held about 50 schools hostage for the last two, two and a half decades. Ever since the coalition, I guess, in 92, probably. And I feel like this has been about three decades coming, that at some point those 40 to 50 schools were going to realize that this no longer works for, this model doesn't work for us like it does the other 300 and uh, probably, what, no, 500-ish schools between Division two and three, And they need us more than we need them. Yeah, yeah, the NCAA definitely needs them more than, than, than they need the NCAA. That being said, I think there is a very fine line that the Big Ten and the SEC have to walk here because, and I don't want to get necessarily political, but most people don't like the one percenters. And that's what these people would be. This is what this, this iteration would be, is the billionaires and then the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And, oh, you're going you're gonna to make... Loyola Marymount cut rowing because they can't get NCAA tournament basketball money anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and now also, we're screwed. And there's also a a lot of unknown. Yeah, I mean, because you don't know what this is going to look like. What are you going to do with your rowing team? You're going to play. You're going to row against who? These forty other schools. Half of which don't have rowing. Half of, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to cut your rowing team? And now, so while football is driving all of this, and this is a much bigger discussion than anything the NCAA and Tennessee are fighting about right now, this is uh, the reason that the NCAA is on life support is because simply the SEC and the Big Ten and the haves are about to essentially become a semi-pro league and kind of push everybody else off a cliff in a football in maybe even basketball i think what you have to hope for here is that they just take the college football playoff with them mm -hmm. and that everything else men's basketball women's basketball etc all stays within the ncaa but i'm not sure that's possible with the way that it's looking like it's going to go with the, 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 the employment ruling, the unionizing ability now of that, was it Duquesne? Dartmouth. Dartmouth came up with. So there's just no way that these schools are going to be able to pay every single athlete $7.25 an hour or more. It's just not, it's not possible. I don't think seven dollars and twenty-five cents is going to get it. By the way, well, but, I, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, even if if everybody was at minimum wage, I think they'd still struggle. Two yeah. reasons: one, college is already getting to a point where enrollment is declining 
because people are going to trade schools, they're going straight to the job market or whatever. And two, I don't think that any, any, when you start having to run it like a business, nobody at the top is gonna say, well, let's cut our paychecks so we can pay the rowing team. And I'm sorry, I don't, I, I'm not, sorry rowing. I'm just not picking on you. I'm just saying that we don't know any. We don't know any well, rowers. The reason, so. the, well, the reason I say that is because, very simply, like the Alabama situation when they were deciding between equestrian and rowing, they said, "We, what do we need? Well, we need horses and barns and all this. What do we need for rowing? A, a boat. boat." And there are fewer. There are fewer participants, and there is a lower overhead. Mm -hmm. It's the lowest of the low. That's what's going to get cut, yep. despite it costing the least amount of money. Mm -hmm. Well, any amount of money is, yeah. is going to be too much, though. And so that I think I think both the NCAA and college sports as a whole is on life support, and I don't know where this ends. Reading from the Associated Press, the NCAA lost another legal battle Friday as a federal judge barred the organization from enforcing its rules prohibiting name, image, and likeness compensation for recruits by granting a preliminary injunction demanded by the states of Tennessee and Virginia. It was another blow to the NCAA's ability to govern college sports and more than 500,000 athletes. There's a little blurb down in this story on APNews.com. How many legal challenges is the NCAA facing? It is a lot and the impacts could be big. The NCAA is embroiled in multiple legal cases. There are at least five major federal antitrust challenges pending against the organization, which represents more than 500,000 athletes at more than 1,100 schools. 1,100 schools. 1,100 schools. That's, I was, that's D1, D2, and D3. Yeah, I was half that. I thought it was you know, maybe 600. I, listen, I... I think Tennessee had to do this. And when I say to the state of Tennessee and the state of Virginia, I felt like it has to be done because yes, NIL was supposed to be something different, but I do agree. When, hold up. When you say it was supposed to be something different, you mean something different than what it is? Than what it's become. Yes. Yeah, okay. And we, I mean, we've discussed yeah, that. Mm -hmm, okay. Length. I just wanted to make sure we were right. Same page. But I do think that some people coming out of high school have NIL value. Not everyone does. But Nico Iamalieva, which is where this all came, if you don't think that he had NIL value coming out of, of high school, you're, you're nuts. And not being able to negotiate that in high school is a problem. And that's all... Tennessee is trying to do here is say, look, this kid, we knew that he was going to provide us with this much value, value. and we wanted to give him that value and wanted him to know that he had it coming in. Now, whether he went to Tennessee or not, that's the number he should have been looking for because that's the value he brought to our organization. And again, just because you're not on the national, you're not on AFLAC, like, you know, Prime's kids, doesn't mean you're not providing NIL value off the field. This is not just pay for play. 
You're talking number eight football jerseys flying off the shelves. You're talking t-shirts with Nico time all over them and all of the things that, you know, you're talking about personal appearances. You're talking about local advertisement where you've, you know, you, you've been on a commercial for, you know, the, the Dodge dealership or whatever. Mm -hmm. All of that is part of NIL. And part of, is it Clifton Corker? Mm -hmm. Was that the judge? Part of his ruling reads, while the NCAA permits student athletes to profit from their NIL, it fails to show how the timing of when a student athlete enters such an agreement would destroy the goal of preserving amateurism. He's absolutely right. Yeah, it doesn't matter when you have that conversation. Now, again, does this probably open the door for, you know, going to the highest bidder? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I promise you that was happening well before NIL. All this has done is allowed teams who refused to do it previously to do it the ability to do it, which has created more parity in, in college football, which, by the way, is a good thing. Yeah. So. In case y'all weren't aware. The business of college athletics continues clearly. Yeah, no doubt. And it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, do we need to take a break? We are scheduled to take a break. Um, what do you think? I mean, sort of, I guess, but I think we can still talk college football here. Okay, if we're, if Let, we're in it. let's do let's do continue to talk college football then because at least there one other thing. Well, two probably. <laughs> um, Eric Bieniemy said to hell with the NFL. <laughs> I'm going back to Westwood and be associate head coach with um, Deshaun Foster at UCLA. Is, is this the right move for him? I mean, did he just, did, do, you, do you feel like he just gave up? I don't know that he necessarily gave up long-term, but possibly short-term he's saying, I'm going to take a step back because my head is getting sore from beating it against this brick wall. A lot of people will tell you that this was an inevitable move because he's just not that good. And they, mm -hmm. point, they point to the, the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl and they point to how bad Washington was. I, I, and again, I don't think either of those things are, are indicative accurate. to Eric Bieniemy's mm -hmm. abilities. One, we know that Andy Reid is the offensive coordinator for all intents and purposes in Kansas City. I do think Bienemy helped create some, you know, plays and, and and formations, and there was a lot that he did there. Going to Washington was never going to be. It wouldn't have mattered if if Andy Reid were the offensive coordinator in <laughs> Washington. It just wasn't going to work. And we said that when he did it. When he did it. But he had, no, he had no other options. He wasn't going to get where he wanted to be from Kansas City. We said he wasn't going to get where he wanted to be from Washington. But, and so, you can't look at, here's the thing. 
and 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 maybe this is where where Eric Bienemy has his head and others too. We don't know what Eric Bienemy is capable of because he's not he he's either he's not been in a good situation for him anywhere he's been. Well, and the sad thing is, you say that we don't know what Eric Bienemy is capable of, but there are plenty of people who are convinced that they do. Right, and that's the but but he's. He's saying, look, let's just, let's try something completely different and get out of the NFL world. You don't know what you got till it's gone, perhaps. I don't know. But I think this is a good move for him for two reasons. Number one, it's always good to have a well-rounded resume, to be available to coach at the collegiate level or the professional level at any point. I think the best thing that comes out of this for Eric Bieniemy is a saying that a friend of yours put forth a few years ago. Go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And 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 I think And they're gonna is... be glad to have him at UCLA. Deshaun Foster is going to value him as a trusted advisor, an old head as it was, who's been through the wars and that kind of thing and can well, and really I, help him with a lot of things, not just yeah, that offense. Recruiting, particularly, I feel like, a, you know, it, the ability to play for a guy who's won a couple Super Bowls, who's seen what it takes to be successful at the professional level, that sort of insight to me is invaluable as a player. And UCLA needs all the help it can get in that regard. And this is a guy who has coached collegiately before right. as well. So this it's not like Was it's, he an offensive coordinator before? Uh or was this the highest so. level he's been? No, he was OC at his alma mater Colorado. um Colorado before going to um the Chiefs in thirteen. So you know if he's happy, I'm happy. But this this is bull fill in the blank that he couldn't get a shot at a head coaching job in the NFL. Because you look at so many other people who have done what he's done and that has springboarded them into head coaching positions and it hasn't for him. And people want to laud Matt Nagy for doing the same thing that Eric Bannemi did. And, you know, I don't get it. And when Kansas City was struggling earlier this year, I feel like a lot of it was because they didn't have a details-oriented guy like Eric Bannemi running that offense. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what flipped the switch in no, late November, but something flipped. It, it, certainly, it certainly flipped. Yeah, That's for sure. Um, one other thing we need to talk about, Chris, before we go to a break, um, because producer Mark says he's all caught up on commercials, so we're good to go. Nice. Yeah. Um, right before we came on the air, you mentioned oh. the Mid-America Conference has a new member. They do, in fact. I, you know, <laughs> and, and what, what, I don't quite understand it, to be honest. What this means is 
is is very simple in that it just goes to show that if you're in the FBS, you've got to be in a conference unless you're Notre Dame. Mm. What I'm concerned with is what this means for Conference USA because almost everybody, almost everybody, expected them to be the, the 14th member of Conference USA post-Delaware. Now, I'm Delaware's out here going, crap, we're on an island. What do we do? Mm. I'm not sure what makes the University of Massachusetts attractive to a conference. Now, this, is, this will be a return yes. to the MAC for UMass. Yes when they come back for the 25-26 school year. Which I think is probably the most important thing there. There's some familiarity. So maybe that's part of it. They departed the MAC in 2015 and have been in independence since then. While playing um, basketball in the A-10. In the A-10. Well, and the CAA. Were they CAA before they were A-10? Or the ATN is the CAA, isn't it? Is it? I don't think so. No? I don't know that. Um, no, I'm sorry. I misread that. They currently compete in the ATN. Um, before they initially joined the MAC, I think, or while they were in the MAC for football, they were first in the CAA and then in the ATN. Gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, um, they're going to the MAC. Gives the MAC 13 schools. I was going to say, now they're looking for a 14th. Well, not necessarily, because they say they're not going to play divisions anyway. Yeah, but... I mean, you'd like to think that you could get to an even number. Well, nobody's playing divisions, but I think even numbers really... To me, I think odd numbers are better because there's it's easier scheduling for... Yeah, because... You've got 12 opponents instead of 13. Yeah, so you play six opponents this year, six next year. Or in or basketball, you play everybody and then six at home as well. You've got 18 games, and that's what typically you play, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to me, an odd number makes sense. So maybe, maybe that works. Um, but I do see some reports out there that the MAC is still interested in at least one school that it was interested in before. And Middle Tennessee fans don't want to hear it. But Western Kentucky. Well, they were interested in Western and Middle. And my understanding is Middle didn't want to pay the exit fee. Is that, is that, is that the way that went down? I think that's, that was part of it, yeah. Um, of course, I don't think there would have been a Conference USA if those two teams had left. I think it would have just dissolved. Um, but Middle and Western were kind of joined at the hip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you can take one without the other this time. And I'm certain that Middle Tennessee does not want to leave now at this point because I think they feel very comfortable in this iteration of Conference USA. 
Success notwithstanding. Yeah, I th more so of the way that it's mm -hmm. designed. So. Let me ask you this before we get off of this. Who is the men's basketball coach at UMass? Uh, John Calipari. So, <laughs> when, it's, not, was, it's not Bruiser Flint either. That was recall yeah. from the mid-90s. Frank Martin. Oh, wow. Well, at least he kept the same colors. 17. <laughs> They're all the same stuff. Just put a sticker yeah, over the UNC. Yeah. <laughs> They're 17 and 10. Okay. So, um. <laughs> Joe Sullivan says he has plenty to say about this situation. <laughs> and so... That may yeah. be half of our conversation on Wednesday. Or, or more. Or all of it. Yeah, there we go. Point. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm interested how this is going to play out. And football, again, football is driving this because you, the way that college football is going with the, with the college football playoff, the only way to be at all involved is to be in a conference. They had to find somewhere, and nobody's going to take you as a football only. As a matter of fact, I don't even think they allow football only anymore. I don't think so. Um, so now UConn, are they next? Maybe. Um, Kusa, meanwhile, looking for a 12th member and Missouri State is an option, according to this article on The Athletic. So I like it. I'd be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we could talk trash to... Together. There you go. I mean, it's always for that. Eastern, uh, Eastern, Eastern Kentucky mentioned as along with Stephen F. Austin and Tarleton. So. so there we go. All right. Let's take that break. And Let's when we it. come back, we will continue with some college athletics talk here on Main Street Sports Today presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia as we will return to the Lee Company Studios after this. Welcome to Protein Snack Shop, your destination for healthy and delicious low-carb snacks. Our specialty lies in providing protein-packed desserts that are perfect for those following a keto diet. Our products are made with high-quality ingredients, ensuring that you can satisfy your cravings without compromising your health goals. From a variety of flavors and options to choose from, you can enjoy guilt-free snacking while staying on track with your fitness journey. Don't miss out on our limited time offer. Discover Protein Snack Shop today. I'm Maurice Patton, and on Main Street Sports Today, we bring you the voices of your favorite teams from preps to pros. Um, otherwise known as the VOT, Mike Keith. The, the bottom line is, we can teach Will Levis woke. I just don't know who's going to work with you on your base stealing now that he was. <laughs> well, that has nowhere to go but up. And I was just like, oh, guys, not again. Can we just bury that, burn that footage, and not bring it back? No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep it going past the All-Star break. And uh, looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out. There's always a good story to tell. Can you guess where I am today, Mo? Where, where am I? It's, it's Reece not Smith, Reece Smith Fear, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Because anytime you play Chicago, you want to win. That's you, just. You got that right. And when you're walking the dog, you keep the bags that you need for the dog 
in the bag and you don't even have to wear it. You can just hold it, which is what I do when I walk the dog. So I think I think the fanny pack probably needed a little rebranding. <laughs> it did. So, it really did. Um, it, it, on your show logo, we've got to get a puck in there. There's a basketball. There's a oh. There's a baseball. Maybe mm-hmm. not a puck. How about Mo brandishes a hockey stick? Tune in daily at 2 p.m. on Main Street Media TV. I am in fact. <laughs> I'm Chris Yao. <laughs> and we are Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. Um, I texted you and Wade a story earlier today about a school that basically held a bake sale to ensure itself of being able to play in the NAIA postseason. Really unfortunate situation here. It really is. I mean, this school has virtually closed down around this athletics program. There's a story on ESPN.com. Antelope Valley Hoops Coach fundraises to get teams to tourneys. Um, Private school in California has closed, canceling all sports, obviously. And the men's team's coach, Jordan Mast, is um, trying to make sure that the teams are able to play in their conference tournaments. Um, Without outside help, their seasons will be canceled. The athletes have until the end of the week to leave their dorms, the team facilities, and campus. No alternative housing has been um, offered. So you just... As of Monday afternoon, a GoFundMe campaign to raise funds for the University of Antelope Valley's basketball programs has brought in more than $45,000, exceeding its original target of $40,000. Contributions included one anonymous donation of $18,000. Men's basketball coach, reading from Yahoo Sports here, Mm -hmm. men's basketball coach Jordan Mast expressed confidence Sunday that the financially imperiled NAIA school will at least be able to send both his team and the school's women's teams to their upcoming conference and national tournaments. So apparently, the season has been saved. Seems. Um, the men's team has sealed the CalPAC Conference, I guess that's California Pacific Conference Championship, and an automatic NAIA national tournament bid, but they will play in the conference tournament. Um, the women's team would clinch the conference championship and a national tournament berth with a win Saturday. Um, so, so I guess on top of everything else, they were good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's unfortunate. And just had the rug pulled out from under them. Um, the school told Mass he has to raise enough money for both programs to travel or it will remove them both from the postseason tournament. Title nine and all. Um, can't, can't cut one without the other. So, there you go. Gender equity and all that good stuff. Um, it's crazy. Mast agreed to take a 75% pay cut. Uh, 
or I'm sorry, he, he agreed to take 75% of his remaining pay in the form of Genius Group stock. Genius Group owns the school. Correct. So he's taking stock instead of cash. To be honest, we had a lot of people quit over this. I just told them I don't care right now if my entire salary needs to be donated to the team. So this is a publicly traded company that operates a private school. Mm -hmm. And they... <laughs> and here's the thing. And they're I shutting mean, her down. They're shutting it down in the middle of a semester that the athletes have paid for. That's right. They've already paid for it. They've paid tuition. They've paid lodging for the semester. And that they're being kicked out. That's interesting. There will be lawyers. For somebody. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah. good thing is, apparently it's been saved. Well, their season has been saved. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Do they not have to go to class anymore? Are they no longer student athletes? How does that work? Well, it doesn't seem like there's anybody there to teach them. So hmm. I don't know. That might be the most uh, intriguing part of this whole situation. They're not student athletes if the school closes. The stopgap funding offered a rare bit of welcome news in the long string of bad tidings for the school, which had been placed on probation by its accrediting agency last summer. Hmm. This thing goes from bad to worse. I mean, so the school was shaky from an accreditation standpoint, and now they pulled the plug on them from a financial standpoint. This is absurd. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely absurd. Anyway. Um, you know what else is absurd? What Kentucky did to Alabama Saturday night. That wasn't absurd. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I, Unless you're an Alabama fan. Well, and I'm not, so it works out for me. I don't even like Kentucky either, but... It, so here's the, here's the thing. The it's, enemy of my enemy is well, my friend, right? And, and Alabama was atop the league standings, and now Tennessee is the top said league standings due to it. So Tennessee are is they not tied? No, well they are, but right now Tennessee holds the tiebreaker. Right now, for yeah, because they haven't played that second game yet, which is coming up Saturday. By the way, Tennessee's last five games are against the top five teams in the conference, not named Tennessee. Two of them on the road. You couldn't do that if you tried. And how does that happen? That's, that's, that's great scheduling. So, I don't know. This is, it's a, yeah, anyway. But yeah, Kentucky, man, they looked really good. I don't know if this is, if this was a, you know, one of those situations where Calipari called his team out about not being able to play well at home and then they just responded and he knew exactly how to make, how to make that happen or if you know Nate Oates team was just ill prepared I don't feel like that's the problem I think they just went into a hostile environment and rup and it, that happens sometimes mm. hadn't happened a lot this year but it does happen sometimes and you know when when rup is rocking like that and the players are as good as they are they're very talented basketball team 
I mean, it just felt like it was a lot of frustration taken out on the Tide. And that's, you know, unfortunate if you're a Bama fan. Had one of my buddies said, I've been out at a wedding all day. Thank God I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> the Southeastern Conference has 14 basketball teams. Uh-huh. Eight of them have 19 or more victories. It's, it is wild. I mean... Well, and, and here's the thing about that is... You know, Tennessee knew that this was kind of the problem or that this was going to be a thing going in. They, they knew Texas A&M was going to be, you know, they were picked to be second in, in the conference. And so you just beat them by what? 35. 30, yeah. 86-51. Like, a bunch. So, I mean, you just kind of feel like, look, I know we got to play them, but they got to play us. Mm-hmm. And... This is going to be the greatest last two and a half weeks of a basketball season in Southeastern Conference play for a while. I mean, these are all quad one opportunities for everybody. And as wild as this season is, just wait till you got Texas and Oklahoma to deal with next year. Uh, it's insane. It's going to be crazy. Um, as you said, Tennessee plays at Coleman Coliseum on Saturday night. Um, I'm trying to see who they've got midweek and my internet is not helping me at all. Uh, Tennessee basketball? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got Auburn in Knoxville Wednesday. They go to Alabama. I thought they were done with South Carolina. Clearly they're not. They got to go to Columbia next Wednesday. And then they've got Kentucky here to close the regular season on March 9th. Jeez. Is that a death march or what? It's insane. I mean, this whole, this whole thing, at least you, I mean, at least, at least you get the Kentucky at home, but I mean, and you don't have to go to Neville, which is a good thing. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Tennessee, we, we, we plan to speak with Maria Cornelius tomorrow about the Lady Vols because we need to. Yeah. They're in the final week of the regular season. The SEC tournament is next week over in Greenville. And, yeah, we need to talk about the Lady Vols. It's unfortunate, too, that we have to talk about them in this situation in in the way that but. we are going to talk about them most likely but yeah we we need to talk about the lady balls let's talk um, um go ahead yeah and, and so you know on top of everything else that tennessee is is working toward you know they're currently the sixth overall seed right behind north carolina whom they lost two pretty handily earlier in the year. Um, but it's it's so crazy because it, it as wild as the season has been, the top six, seven, eight seeds have not changed. Mm-mm. Because everybody's been so crazy. There's not been a team. So it, even if you win, teams above you win, when they lose, somehow you also lose. And it's nobody can really get a get get ahead in the game. So Tennessee's still sitting solidly on the two line, but obviously Jerry Palm will tell us after Wednesday what's uh, what's going on. Yeah, looking forward to speaking with Jerry 
on Thursday as we will every Thursday up to selection set uh, selection Sunday excuse me to to kind of get his thoughts but um yeah again Tennessee still on that two line for the moment I and do have something for us in that that last next to last thing on the run of show yeah next to last thing mm -hmm. if you want to play it it's only 30 seconds go ahead mark i'm gonna throw up a video here of nashville nighthawks who you spoke with on friday yeah we spoke with nick harvey on friday they had their otas over the weekend or another round of otas over the weekend they opened the season um april 27th out in vegas they vegas dallas and boston will be the debut iteration of the american flag football league professional flag football we're excited about it chris especially so because he's a minor league football fanatic fanatic there we go so, so check it out what you got So that's the uniform. You know, that's interesting because they've got the, the flags are branded and I'm used to covering high school girls flag football where you've just got the yellow flags. Well, so, but what, this is professional. There are levels to this thing. But know? what I noticed about that is, and I think it's going to be the opposite. I don't think that's what it's got. I think the flag have to be a different color than the shirt, than the mm -hmm. shorts. Makes sense. So I think the black flag will actually be on the, the white, white uniform and the yeah. white flags on the black, but that's, it's still, still cool. Mm -hmm. The uniforms look great. I'm looking forward to going out there and seeing Chris Hughes coach up the boys and and again, they will have two sets of home games. What, May 18th, I think, is one. And another one in late June, right before the postseason tournament. Wow. Is that right? Yes. Nashville Nighthawks. Because they get, they get, is it one home date? For everybody, like everybody, everybody's plays. home twice. Yeah, but every, and everybody plays mm -hmm. in one place. Right, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yes, the Nighthawks will be at home May 18th at the Vanderbilt Soccer Lacrosse Stadium, and then again on June 15th at the Vanderbilt Soccer Lacrosse Stadium before the championships on June 22nd in Dallas at the Ford Center at the Star. Should be fun. I think so. I think so. Um, want to, uh, we don't have any pictures, but in case that you have not seen, the Clippers have a new logo, new court, new everything, and it's pretty cool. It is pretty so. sharp. Yeah. Um, looking forward to um, seeing that next year. Mm -hmm. They're going to debut that in the new Intuit Dome or whatever it is. So. Not to be confused with the end to win life. No. Don't. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's coming soon to, <laughs> to yeah. Mount Pleasant. We need, we need to talk out. to Ned about that. Hey, <laughs> April Fools is right around the corner, right? Y'all better be careful when you when you click on an April Fools, uh, an April first article from us. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> from you. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna do it for the Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. It'll be me and Wade tomorrow, so be sure and check us out starting at two o'clock. We will see you then.